0: we're on a mission to support strong willed kids and the families that love them. You're listening to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast with Randy Rubenstein, episode 161. Hi, guys. I have a topic today about female friendships. And we're talking about this because it's been coming up a lot in my private groups. We've just been talking a lot about mom friendships. And I talked with a mom recently who we were, you know, we were just talking about things and it came up and, you know, just this pandemic time, I think has had many of us reevaluate many of our friendships and um, just realizing that, you know, we're not really missing hanging out with lots of the people we used to spend lots of our time with or talk to quite often. And so there's been parts of the pandemic that have made many of us realize that we have less friends than we thought we did, or we kind of want to have less friends (laughs) than we thought we needed because less a lot of times can be more. Um, And so I was talking to this mom and She was just saying, you know, I don't know how to have enough time for all the things in my life. There's just, you know, from my work to my family. And now you're telling me, really, I need to spend more time, you know, with the girls and, and, and doing all the things. And and we were just talking about just female friendships and how so often it is, you know, it's, it, there's a, there's a pruning away that happens. Um, and it's usually mutual. Like when we change so often the friendships that have been in our lives for a long time, they don't always change with us. And they say friendship is for a season, a reason, or a lifetime. And quite often we think that a friendship is like, this is a lifer for me. And it turns out like a pandemic happens and you realize that person isn't your lifer. And so how do you handle that? You know, how do you handle it when hanging out with certain people that you have been close to, but it sort of fills your body with a little bit of dread hanging out with them or after you've hung out with them, you're like, oh, okay, it's like you're taking something off the list like okay this this will be good like i don't have to feel guilty for not hanging out with this person for at least another month um i like your body's been whispering that this is a person that isn't energizing you isn't nourishing you the the friendship is not it was probably for a season or a reason and it's time to to go your separate ways um and it usually goes both ways because If you change and you're interested in doing new and different things, like that other person, you know, as humans, we all seek the familiar. We all seek the familiar. So if that person is exactly who they are and who they always have been and interested in the same things you guys were interested in 10 years ago, um, like they don't want to change right? They don't want to join you on the path. So you changing quite often is triggering for them because they're like, who asked you to change? You know, it's like, they're not saying this, but it's really like, who asked you? I was perfectly happy where we are and I'm not changing. I want things to continue and be the same. But if you're changing, like you don't really work for them anymore. And unlike like a romantic relationship where we clearly will break up with someone, you don't really break up with a friend. So a lot of times it's just, you know, it's, it's harder to figure out, but it can take up a lot of our bandwidth. And, um, and so we were talking about this and, and, and afterwards, you know, we brought it back to listening to your body whispers, anything that feels like a straitjacket that feels constricted, that feels like I just hung out with this person and I'm ticking it off the list. Doesn't feel energizing. I like to say in, in in my book, the parent gap doesn't feel like skinny dipping freedom. If it feels like a straitjacket, that's your body saying, Mm-mm, "This is not taking you closer to your north star. This is taking you away from it." Okay. So listening to our body whispers, learning to have boundaries. Um, what does self care really look like? You know, I said to this mom, I said. For you, self-care might look like if you take your daughter to an activity and there's a bunch of moms around and you start listening to your body and the conversations are, you know, just like those conversations that most of us are like, it's hard to turn away from when the conversations are happening because maybe it's like the dirt on people you guys know in common or whatever. But afterwards you feel drained and exhausted and depleted. Like that's your body saying those conversations might seem sort of fun in the moment, but they're not serving you. They're actually draining your bandwidth and zapping you. And then when your kid is done with the activity, now all of a sudden, like you're exhausted. And so you're not going to show up the same way for your kid, you know, as, it, as as you would if you were actually listening to your body having boundaries and putting your self-care first. So what would self-care look like? I said, you know, self-care could look like if you start to like pay attention next time when you're sitting with those moms, maybe talking with one mom, one-on-one about a real conversation that might energize you. But if you find that like, it's not happening for you, it's not working for you. It might look like putting in some AirPods and saying, um, I got to just, Take a uh, mental health break. I just want to watch my daughter do her thing, and I'm going to listen to this thing. I really want to. I just want to relax my brain for a little bit. Love y'all, and putting in the the you know the AirPods. Um, and she was like, "Ooh, that would send a bad message." And I'm like, "But that's what self care looks like. Like me saying to the development director at my kid's school, who I love and is amazing at her job, we." don't go to galas or things like that during the week. Like we don't do that. It's not our thing. We're, we try to be home in our beds by nine o'clock at night. Like we don't like going out during the week. Um, and that's on, that's us. That's our thing. Like that's a boundary. And the first time I said it, she was like, Oh wow. (laughs) Like it maybe felt a little weird off-putting, maybe even rude to her. but I just owned it. like we just don't. you know we don't want to go out during the week. um and so at first when you're kind of direct like that, it does sometimes people are like, oh, hello, okay. um and it might be weird for them. but so what? when you own it, they get used to it and they realize – like like we're all so kind of egocentric. But once you realize it's not about you, like when you're there amongst the moms and you are listening to something, you have the messages going into your ears so you're not hearing the neighborhood gossip – um, that is something you wanted to learn or something that's relaxing to you or something that you've been meaning to listen to, or an, a book on audio book that is going to teach you a new thing that you've really been dying to read or listen to. And now you have a whole hour of your kid being in an activity, being able to watch with your eyes while you listen to the right messages coming into your ears. That's going to fulfill you and your soul, you know, and at the very end, five minutes before it's over, you take out your earbuds and you're like, Ah, you know, and you smile at the people and you maybe ask a question like, oh, didn't so-and-so just come in town? How you know, was that fun? Did you have a good time? Didn't you go out of town? And you engage in a little light conversation, but on your terms, like you're not an asshole. You just put yourself first in that moment, which is counterintuitive for most women, because as I've talked about in a in a prior podcast episode, we are conditioned with the disease to please and to think about everyone else before ourselves. But what if you did that for yourself, right? Like, I, you know, it, it's interesting when you start to look at your friendships and really reevaluate. And it doesn't need to be dramatic. It's just that you're changing. People change. It's like what we're meant to do as humans. And some friendships were for a season or a reason, and you can wish them well, and you can, you know, regard them with pleasantries when you see them, and you don't have to continue being best friends with everyone. It's okay. Like, what if you had permission to do that? You know, one of the other things that I have taught, um... I've taught my moms lately that they loved was I was telling them about something that I came up with call that I call the Marcia Brady effect. And um, and it was a mom that, you know, was in my private mastermind group who was having an issue with an old friend um who she's grown apart from. And um, and she's and it's really taking a lot of her bandwidth, just this. Friendship that has changed and she's, it's weird and it's awkward and there's tension between the two of them. And so we've been, you know, really, you know, we've been using the tools that I teach um, to get what I call getting fessed up in your brain, telling the truth in your brain. So you really find what, you know, what is really bothering me here? What sentence do I have in my head? And usually it seems to always go back to our sense of belonging, right? Like we all just want to know that like, we are not alone. We have people that we go with, you know, that there's a primal need to belong. And what, you know, I love how Brene Brown says it because she says, the opposite of belonging is fitting in. Okay. And then she says, Fitting in is becoming who you think you need to be in order to be accepted. Belonging is being your authentic self and knowing that no matter what happens, you belong to you, okay? So fitting in is becoming who you think you need to be in order to be accepted. So like you don't want to engage in the mom chatter at your kid's activity, but to put in your... Your AirPods, you're worried it might be perceived as rude, as off-putting. Off and it might be at the beginning. So you don't. And you go along with the conversation, even though it drains and depletes you because you want to fit in. Because that belonging need is so strong. Okay? So if you think about how much of your bandwidth, how much of your energy are you giving away to fit in? with people that are actually not really your people anymore, right? Like, it's okay. It's okay. And chances are they know they're not. And they know you've changed. And y'all don't really have that much in common anymore, okay? So, I, you know, the when I taught them about the Marsha Brady effect, what I said was when years ago – obviously like i grew up watching tv they were my best friends and like many other people that grew up in the 1970s and 1980s we watched a whole lot of brady bunch and there was an episode where marsha befriends the gr- the new girl in school who is kind of like the super awkward nerdy girl and marsha like takes her under her wing and gives her a makeover teaches her how to like you know part her hair down the middle and put on purple eyeshadow and buy just the right super short groovy dress and, um, and, and introduces her to all her friends and is building her up and pumping her up. And she's like, you know. You are so great. You know, the girl really has stars in her eyes for Marsha. Like, oh Marsha, you're the best. What would I be doing here without you? You've introduced me to everyone. You're so you're so kind. You're so generous. Yada yada yada. Um, and so that friendship started on unequal footing, okay? Where Marsha is befriending the girl who looks up to her. And what I said to this group of moms was I said, I'm always very wary of anyone that puts me on a pedestal um, because of the Marsha Brady effect. Because what happens in that episode, if any of you remember, is the girl ultimately becomes sort of an egomaniac and then runs against Marsha for student president or whatever and steals all Marsha's friends and steals Marsha's boyfriend and beats her, you know, and wins class president and, um, and ultimately wants to defeat her. And I think there's something, um, I think there's, it's, it's something in our human nature where it's like when you look up to someone, ultimately it's because you're sort of imagining what it would be like to be them and then when that person is you know kind and generous and loving and wonderful what often happens is the person who was super insecure before and really was like i would well, it must be amazing to be her to be marsha when that insecure person starts to get some superficial self esteem with just the right hairdo and dress and friends accepting them and boys starting to like, like, like she doesn't really have that self-confidence inside, but she has this kind of superficial self-esteem. That insecure person ultimately wants to take down the person that they used to put on a pedestal. They want to be that person. And, um, and so we've so when I taught the moms the Marsha Brady effect, you know, many of us were talking, the it was it was such an honest conversation because it was like, holy crap, I think that has for sure happened to me so many times in my life. But I've been on both sides. I've been the Marsha and I've been the other girl. Right. And um, and so, you know, female friendships, this my point is is female friendships are can be layered and complicated. And I think it's what so many of us in, in my private group have been experiencing is like, I'm like, it's like a, it's like a circle of sisterhood love. Like there's no judgment and, you know, there's just so much generous, loving support. There's no competition. There's no judgment, but I've curated that group, right. As the leader. And, and as I've curated that group as the leader, like I make it very clear that, We're having honest conversations because I set the tone. I share my own stuff. I'm having the honest conversations. I'm talking about what I'm going through. I very openly talk about my struggles with addiction and things that I've had shame about, things that I, you know, ahas that I'm having, um, my relationships in my private life. Like I'm sharing the nitty and the gritty. And so not for one minute, does anyone in that group think that I have the perfect life? Like I have the life that is, that I want everyone to have, which is just a life where I feel fully alive and it's constantly unfolding and I'm constantly challenged and I'm constantly brought to my knees and shown my own humility um, and schooled by my kids who are now old enough to point out the things that I do that drive them crazy or the things that I've gotten wrong, you know, that's what it means to be a family and a person who talks about anything and everything. It's like nothing's off limits. And so we're having these honest conversations and many of us who've struggled with insecurities, we're realizing I'm not the only one. And, you know, being a human is messy business. So we get to be the whole thing, right? We get to be, the light, dark, the light parts, the dark parts, all of it. And, um, and we get to have eyes wide open in the process. And there's something beautiful and magical that's happening as we're having these real conversations where it's happening within my groups that many of their friendships and their personal lives are shifting and changing because they're having experiences where they're learning things about themselves and they're opening their eyes and they're surrounded with all of this honest conversation that it's like the superficial conversations and the experiences that left them feeling depleted in their bodies. Me too um, means that some friendships that we thought were lifers are not lifers. Um, And there's a grieving process that goes on with that 100%. You know, it's disappointing when you thought somebody was a lifer and they're not a lifer anymore. Um, so, so back to the mom that I was talking to at the beginning of the, of the, of the episode, she was like, you know, so we talked about like these female friendships and boundaries and things changing and having enough on your plate for all the things that are truly leading you towards that North star. Um, And she was like, okay, well, that all, like, I feel a lot better. And that was helpful, but it wasn't all about parenting. And I was like, oh, it was 100% about parenting. Are you kidding? And she has two little girls. And I said, you know, if you don't think that your girls are going to experience female friendships and girl world drama from a very early age, you're wrong. But how can you help them navigate it if you've truly never navigated it yourself or avoided navigated or just tried to fit in and fit in and fit in? Like everything you've struggled with, when your daughters struggle with it, you won't have the skill set to know how to help them navigate it. So you going through this now is so important. It's foundational so that when they're going through all those times, you get to truly show up as the grounded grown up to help them through those hard times. So, yeah, this is um, the conversation about female friendships and just looking at your female friendships, listening to your body. Start there. Who lights you up? Who energizes you? Who do you feel like, ugh. Thank God I just got that over with. I won't have to hang out or talk to that person again for however much time and really think about am I am I am I just trying to fulfill my sense of belonging by fitting in and is that actually serving me or is that taking up a whole lot of my energy and a whole lot of my bandwidth? Good stuff to ponder on. Okay, you guys have a great week. Thanks for listening today, guys. I hope you picked up some tips, tools, maybe some baby steps for creating more balance and boundaries in your life. And I just wanted to let you know, if you want to continue moving the needle forward in creating this for yourself, having a happier household, I want you to go to my website and check out mastermindparenting.com. We have three beginning programs. And if you need some accountability and more support, then please look for the one that would be a good fit for you. Um, And as always, we're on all the social channels under Mastermind Parenting. On Instagram, it's mastermind underscore parenting. Um, and you know, periodically I do pop up on different Instagram lives, Facebook lives, where I give you teaching and coaching. And I love engaging with you live to help you help your strong willed kids so that they can feel better because when they feel better, they do better. And, um,